0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred.
1: BFM 89.9. Good morning. You are listening to The Morning Run. It's coming up to 7.06am on Tuesday the 13th of December. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wang Xiaoning and Philip C. As always, we're kickstarting the morning with a recap on how global markets closed overnight.
0: U.S. markets were in the green. The Dow was up 1.6%. S&P 500 up 1.4%. And Nasdaq got a reprieve up 1.3%. Unfortunately, Asian markets were all in the negative territory. The Nikkei was down 0.2%. Hang Seng down 2.2%. Shanghai Composite down 0.9%. Singapore's STI down 0.2% and back home. FBM KLCI was also down 0.2%.
1: For more on where international markets are heading, we speak to Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management. Good morning, Joe. Thanks as always for joining us. Now, notwithstanding the uh, green numbers overnight, last week was one of the worst for stocks since September. U.S. Treasuries were also volatile with the 10-year yield moving higher to 3.57%. What trading pattern do you see equities and fixed income um, trading in this week
2: well everything will depend on the CPI number tomorrow and then the Federal Reserve we expect them to raise 50 basis points and then the guidance that will come from the Fed so it seems like we priced in a lot of bad news last week and hopefully this this week we'll get a little better of a reading in terms of where we're headed next so what we'll, we'll see but a lot of volatility this, this is happening amongst the re- recession debate and the fact that the Fed is could be very hawkish tomorrow or dovish, it's all that volatility right now.
3: And uh, let's talk about the uh, greenback strength. Is the era of mm-hmm. king dollar pretty much over?
2: No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, structurally, no. There's really no alternative to the dollar when you think longer term, um, whether it's the euro or the renminbi or you know, any cryptocurrency or you know, anything from uh, from the central bank. But we do expect the dollar to weaken next year. The dollar was too strong this year. Mm. And I don't think I don't think it's gonna be too too weak next year, but the dollar's been overbought. It's starting to weaken a little bit here, give it back some of these gains. And that, that's a positive for the emerging markets. It's good for commodity producers. Um, so that, that's, a good, that's a good sign. And that's a sign that the markets are pricing in, that the Fed is closer to the end of their Fed tightening cycle. That's a key signal. And we do think they're almost done.
3: Okay, since they're almost done, Joe, how would you position your portfolio uh, when it comes to U.S. equities for next year?
2: Yeah, we think, first. well, first off, first half is still going to be difficult because earnings revisions still have to come down. But any these pullbacks, when you get these big pullbacks, in U.S. equities, by the big cap names, and really across the board, whether it's communication services, technology, energy, industrials, I think they're going to do well in this pullback. And then the second half of this next year, there's going to be more talk of the Fed of the Fed cutting rates in 24. That will be more rocket fuel for the markets on the upside. So, you know, we're still playing defense, but we're raising cash to get more aggressive, more risk on as we go into 23, into 24. And then, you know, really, we're looking at China, too. I mean, inflation story, um, we think there's some opportunities there in a large cap space as well.
0: And Joe, I mean, coming back to the Fed decision, you expect them to basically taper off and perhaps not 75, but 50 basis points is coming Wednesday. But what's driving the decision really is the inflation number right services. So do they want to see a much weaker labor market before they, they decelerate their hikes?
2: Yeah, ironically, you know, they, they want to almost kill the patient. They don't want to kill the patient, but like sedate the patient, <laughs> uh, the U.S. economy. It, it's just so weird, right? It, it, it's, it's amazing you have the Federal Reserve, you know, wishing for a higher unemployment in the United States. We're like, you know, no one wants to be laid off or not working. So, yes, yeah, so we do think that 50 basis points. I don't think there's any pause coming, but maybe we go to 25 basis points heading into, say, February and March. So a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of the Fed raising the Fed funds rate has been done. It's behind this. Now they've got to wait and just say, like, OK, how much is the medicine working? We are seeing the layoffs. We are seeing the caution come from the CEOs, CFOs. It, it's going to the, the Fed is just going to be patient to see how the patient is doing. And the market's are going to have to be patient as well in terms like, when is the recession coming? I mean, this is the most anticipated recession ever known to mankind. Please bring it. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's just get it over with. So, so does that, real, you got to be patient.
3: So, Joe, does this then mean that the recession will be very shallow and short? Because if everybody expects it, then it's almost a non event.
2: That's exactly right. Exactly right. You know, I got to go to Florida tomorrow. and They're used to hurricanes. You prepare for it. It's like, what do you hmm. do? You're batting down and get ready. So, and maybe companies are ready. Maybe 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 we just have a significant slowdown. But a lot of that's going to depend. We're gonna we need help in Europe. Europe is we think is, is a troubled spot. And we need you know the COVID cases in China. The headline numbers are going to go really through the roof. Can, will China stay the core? So the U.S. as big as we are, we need help globally to help you know pull this through.
0: But Joe, maybe we can avoid a recession if inflation brought down to two percent. Is that realistic though? A two percent inflation rate?
2: Well, if the Fed. is hell-bent on getting the 2%, then we will have a recession. I mean, I I hope the Fed eases up a little bit here, pivots, pauses, you know, in the twenty-four. in fact. If they're really hell-bent on getting the 2% next year, then that requires a spike in unemployment, downdraft in earnings, more markdowns and estimates. So hopefully, and that's a big debate in the market, the Fed doesn't have to be that hawkish getting the 2%. Maybe get to 2% by 2024, as opposed to like, mm-hmm. you know, next year, because that's too much dosage for, you know, it's, it's too much to take to take down the economy.
1: If we take a look over at the Asian side of things, Joe, Asian equities will be fighting three battles simultaneously in 2023. We have inflation, we've got slowing global growth and also concerns over foreign exchange reserves. Is there one threat that this region should be most concerned over? What would be your top biggest threat?
2: I would say the biggest threat is just the continuation of the U.S.-China trade war, semiconductors. I mean, the US, U.S. and China are not in a good space right now. So I think that that's going to be an issue. Europe Europe is a big market for Southeast Asia, right, that consumption. So if they continue to sink um, business and confidence, consumer confidence, that's going to weigh on Southeast Asia. And then global trade goes with Europe as well. They're the most export oriented. So I would keep close eye on you know, the U.S. what I don't like, honestly, is the U.S. like going to Japan and saying publicly, you know, work with us to, you know, cut off China, kneecap China when it comes to semiconductors. They might be coming to Malaysia one day and saying that. And that, that's a difficult, you know, it's not either or. We got to keep the gray areas to keep the global economy moving. That's very important.
3: OK, Joe, I want to spend some time in China it looks very clear Mm -hmm. that they're opening up their economy, albeit we are going to see a resurgence of COVID cases, as you also pointed out. But markets always price ahead. So Mm -hmm. isn't in some way, shouldn't we be buying in anticipation of the good news that will come maybe in the second half of the year when they do get a handle on the COVID cases?
2: Absolutely. In fact, you're buying now. I mean, you've already seen the bite, the, Mm -hmm. the, the kind of the move up in the market. It might be premature, so... You know, China is, you know, buy on the dips. I mean, next as we go through the COVID, the and you know, the hospitalization and so forth, you want to be buying because I do think China will push ahead. Um, that consumer story, Chinese consumer story, is a story for the second half of next year. You've seen all the revenge spending here in the U.S., Europe, across Southeast Asia. That's coming to China. That, that, that's a tsunami of more consumer spending. But you're right. It's more second half, the consumption side. So. These dips in China, they're they're buying opportunities.
0: So where do you accumulate then? Industrials, trading, export.
2: I'm sorry, say that again. Where do you accumulate
0: now in China? What are the sectors to accumulate now? I mean, we we'll just, we just later, like all right.
2: the Yeah, more the cons- the consumer related stocks, the technology stocks. Albeit, you have to be careful with China, given you know the structure of the, the capital markets. But I mean, we we do think. That China is investable. It's a big part of the MSCI index, and they have gotten it. I mean, they have pivoted really, you know, towards you know, less zero COVID p- policy, towards more reflation, and I think that's that's a story that's going to be, I think, a big headline. Good good numbers he- heading into Q1 and Q2 for sure.
1: Joe, thanks as always for the chat. That was Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the US Trust, Bank of America Private Wealth Management, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. Really, all eyes on China and whether the current um, easing of COVID restrictions will have a bigger impact uh, moving into next year.
0: I also like the fact that uh, he keeps on saying this is the most anticipated recession we've (laughs) ever had.
3: (laughs) Which means that it's likely to be a a bit of a nothing burger, right? Because if everybody knows knows it, then they're all going to prepare Mm. for it. Whether you're buried on the hatches. Yeah, whether you're a corporate or whether you're a government. But coming back to the point on China, Bloomberg did run a survey and sixty percent of the fund managers who participated are starting to be bulls on China. So clearly, yes, I think you're going to see headline numbers that scare in terms of COVID numbers. But the reality is that once this economy opens, there is really no turning back. And we learned that also. I mean, there will be moments where you adjust the SOPs, but pretty much the path is towards a gradual reopening. And when that happens, economically, it should do better. It's just a question of how good
0: all eyes in end February when the new cabinet comes into power Then in China, when then they have more clarity about the policies there.
1: 7.18 in the morning. We're heading into some messages. And when we come back, we'll continue looking at the top headlines in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned BFM
0: 89.9. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking.